You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Business Practice Podcast, where we focus on the business and personal sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, Dr. Stacy Cordovano discusses psychological safety in equine veterinary practice. Cordovano DVM founded Clay Creek Equine Veterinary Services in Pennsylvania in 2010 and expanded to a two-doctor practice in 2021. She started production of the Whole Veterinarian podcast in 2020, and we'll make sure and put a link to that podcast in the article that goes with this on equimanagement.com so you can go hear more great things from Dr. Cordovano. She set the goal for her podcast of connecting federal veterinarians with resources to aid in their personal growth and development. She's an active member of the American Association of Equine Practitioners and serves on the AAP Wellness Committee. Uh, Dr. Cordovano and Dr. Kelly Zaytunian are co-chairs of the Practice Culture Subcommittee operating under the AAP's Commission on Equine Veterinary Sustainability. And you can hear a previous The Business of Practice podcast with those two leaders talking about employee engagement. And you should really go back and listen to that. I I got quite a few great tips out of it. And I, again, I'll make sure and share a direct link to that out of the article that will go with this podcast on equimanagement. So anyway, welcome back, Dr. Cordovano. Hi, thanks for having me back. I'm glad to be here. Well, I think some people may not be as familiar with the term psychological safety. So can you tell us what is it? Sure. It's, it may sound a little woo-woo or scary. The basic idea is creating a workplace environment that is safe for people to speak up, to admit mistakes, to suggest new ideas, or ask questions. It's really an idea of being open to learning opportunities, to vulnerable mistakes, and creating a more cohesive team. I think it does sound foreign or, you know, maybe not something that equine veterinarians do, but it's pretty common in, you know, business world and in larger organizations. And the goal is really to create a more effective team and a better overall workplace environment for everyone. So can you give us some examples of what what does that maybe look like in equine veterinary practice? Sure. I think it might actually be easier to give examples of what it's not because (laughs) unfortunately, I think in equine practice, this is, I talk about it because it's something I think that we struggle with. I see it in people that I mentor. I see it in colleagues. um, I experience it myself. So uh, the lack of psychological safety would be the fact that you are not um, willing to admit that you don't know how to do a procedure when you're scheduled for a procedure, or you have a great idea for a way to improve the client billing process, but you're too afraid of getting yelled at by your boss to suggest that idea. I think it's also just the idea that everyone is so busy running flat out that no one communicates or collaborates on a regular basis. I think if we are talking about what psychological safety should be in an equine practice. It should be where the team comes together and, you know, maybe 
talks about something that didn't go well every week, um, that the leadership of the team polls everyone involved in a decision-making process if they're going to change an inventory item. So it's not just, oh, well, I, as the practice owner, heard that there's a great sale on this new vaccine product, and I'm going to decide to purchase that. It's, let me talk to the team, see how it would um, affect my associates in the field, see how it would affect the front desk staff as far as changing all the billing codes, really pull everyone, ask a lot of questions, and then make a decision based on everyone's input at the end of the day, not just on my personal opinion and the price point. So I hope that helps kind of differentiate a little bit. I I think that's really good. And what about how do you ensure psychological safety in your practice? And, And honestly, what can having psychological safety what does it mean to your staff and to your business? Because when you and I have talked about this before, this is actually really good for your business. It is. It is. And that's how I tend to talk about it because I'm generally speaking with practice owners and people who are maybe resistant to the idea. I think a lot of people think it's just, oh, you have to be nice to everyone. You have to make them feel included. You have to never say no. But that's actually the opposite. It's not even the idea of trust because trust is a thing between two people. This is really team-based. And so by including everyone in the team, making feel, making them feel like they have a say and that they are valued, you're also able to have really candid and difficult conversations. So if you as a group decide on some norms, you know, we're going to finish our pre-purchase reports and have a typed report for an owner within 24 hours. You have all decided that as a group, it wasn't a mandate, it was a group decision. And then someone isn't doing that. You then have a standard to hold them against and say, hey, look, you're not pulling your weight. You're not getting this done. The front desk is having to field all these calls about how the horse purchaser doesn't know what's going on. And the seller's upset. And so you have something to hold people accountable to. And if they know that they are safe to voice their opinion, then you can have a productive conversation out of that. So the person might say, well, look, I'm too swamped to get that done in 24 hours. Can you help me figure out a way? Maybe I need two technicians with me on the road every day because I know I agreed to that, but I just can't get it done. So it allows for these productive conversations to move the entire organization forward. The other thing, of course, that is really important to me personally is it increases well-being for all employees. If you feel safe, if you feel like you have a say, you're less likely to get disenfranchised with the idea of equine medicine. And we are trying our best to keep people in equine medicine and attract more people to equine medicine. So if, if everyone in a practice felt included and like they were making a difference and invested in the organization, the research shows that employee turnover, you know, drops dramatically, employee engagement, people working for the organization, getting behind the brand, that really ramps up when there's a higher level of psychological safety. And that's been shown in, you know, 50 or more articles published from the 90s on even to now. So that's not even a question that it's better for business. And if we know anything about employee turnover, we know the costs are huge and that affects our bottom line. And so that's one way of looking at it. But 
just from the human aspect, it's really important because it makes people want to stay. It makes people, you know, happier with their day-to-day lives. And I think that that's something we really need to consider as leaders. If we're running a practice, we have a responsibility to the people that we employ to treat them like full human beings and try to get the best work out of them as possible. And it it's just been proven that increasing you know, the safety within your practice does that. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget-friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care of horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. Well, that's some some really good ideas. Do you have some other tips or comments that you would like to add when you're talking to practices or just having dealt with these issues of psychological safety? Sure. I think, you know, it's a big topic and I can tell you to read some books or some articles on how to dig into it and improve it, but that's a heavy lift. So I think if Someone just asked me, what are some easy ways that I can start to improve the psychological safety um, within my team and like improve our team performance? I think there are a couple of easy ways to do it. One way would be to have a standing open office hours. And that may be hard. If you're a busy practitioner, it may be hard to block off, you know, an 8 to 9 a.m. slot every week. But I think it could make a huge difference. Just knowing that you're sitting there waiting for employees to come in and um, suggest something or talk to you about something, that can make a big difference in your availability. And unfortunately, this really does need to start with leadership. You can, in a big organization, you can kind of create pockets of psychological safety. But if you want true change within your workplace culture, it does have to come from the top down. So, Um, Being an example of setting aside that time to have open discussions, Um, if you're not having team meetings, please start having them. You know, that's another open line of communication. Um, I think that even so one thing I do actually uh, being vulnerable and admitting mistakes is a big part of creating an atmosphere where other people feel comfortable doing that. So one idea that I heard on a podcast that I thought was really cool was in team meetings, they started with the owner of the organization started with something that didn't go well that week. And everyone went around and kind of talked about something that didn't go well. And that may seem like a negative way to start a meeting, but in actuality, it just opens everybody up to feel a little more comfortable that, oh, hey, my boss also messed something up this week. I can admit that too. I don't have a huge team, but I actually um, started blocking off my therapy appointments on our shared calendar. I wanted my associate to know, A, (laughs) why I wouldn't be picking up the phone in that hour if she called, because I'm usually pretty good about picking up the phone, but B, that it's okay to set aside time during the workday to do something for yourself um, that makes a difference, whatever that may be for you. So if it's riding horse, you get to block off your morning or you need to go talk to someone and make sure you know you're feeling good. Then I want to demonstrate that. Um, so those are some easy ways. Um, I think a bigger a bigger ask would be um, you know 
a little bit more structured meeting. So potentially asking an associate to explain one procedure that they're not 100% comfortable with. So maybe that's a castration. Maybe they feel nervous every time they go do a castration. You could talk through some tips, some pointers that you've gotten along your 20-year career and um, suggest those to your associate and then check back in with them in 30 days and see how they're feeling or whatever the time frame that makes sense is. Check back in, see if those were helpful, um, see if they came up with anything new, did any research, maybe you can get some pointers from them. So it's really a two-way street, but being intentional about showing your team that you're not perfect, that you want to hear from them and that they are valued. That's really anything you can do to do that will start to improve the psychological safety within your workplace culture. And I think that is so important. I mean, it's, um, and again, if anybody is listening to the podcast, when there, there is still a stigma of saying, oh, I'm going to a counselor, or I'm going to therapy. And what I can tell you from my personal experience is man, it just puts some tools in your toolbox mm-hmm. that allow mm-hmm. you to be able to work through whatever it is that you're trying to work through, whether mm-hmm. it's a divorce or stress at work or financial issues or just personal stress. Um, there are tools out there, and so if if you're you're on the fence and you're going, gosh, I'm just you know just constantly stressed or you know have all these issues, talk to your HR person at work and see what's available or find somebody and you might be surprised how many of us have uh, have gone out and and looked for these tools for our toolboxes so yeah, yeah. it's and let me plug something from the AEP because they have a new member assistance program and it is now free to get short term counseling services from that program and it's for um all the veterinarians in that are members. And if you even want to start signing up your team, it is a very like dollars cost to sign up your team as well. They have added that in. So that's another great resource that is not a big lift either because it's free. (laughs) And see, there's little things like that that we can all learn. And that's great. You know, AAP members, there you go. You can find it on the website or you can just call the office. The the team at the AAP office is fabulous. They will get you to the right spot if you can't find it on the website or you don't feel like you have time. And Mm -hmm. so that's that's a great tip right there. That that made the whole podcast, I think, for for folks to be able to go, oh, really? I didn't know this was available. So is there anything else that you want to add, Dr. I mean, we could talk about this. They write books about this. I could give I could. Yeah, I could give a million examples. I will say if you're interested, The Fearless Organization by Dr. Amy Edmondson and The Four Stages of Psychological Safety by Tim Clark are both kind of foundational books uh, on the subject, but you can also just Google it, you know, HBR and Forbes, they have tons of articles out there on this. You can kind of get a sense of, of what might be helpful and might work for your practice. Google rework is another great um, summary of some tips and tricks on how to implement psychological safety and team improvement. Yeah, and I will make sure and get those titles exactly from Dr. Cordovano and, again, put them in the article. So you can go to equimanagement.com and just look under the tab for the Business of Practice podcast. And when we have the article that goes along with this podcast, you can get some of these links and just we'll we'll click you straight on through to it. So, again, (laughs) thank you so much, Dr. Cordovano, for joining us today. 
Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And a big thanks to our listeners for joining us on the Business of Practice podcast. And we wanted to thank our sponsor, Care Credit, for giving us the space to have these conversations. We really do appreciate that. And visit, again, equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network to hear each episode of the Business of Practice, including the one that Dr. Cordovano was on earlier this year with Dr. Zaytunian. And if you have any questions or suggestions, send an email to me at kbrown, that's the letter K, brown, at equinenetwork.com. Mm-hmm.